Hey everybody, Ashanti here, the founder of the Brown Girl's Guide to Politics. The BGG podcast is about creating a space for Black, Brown, and Indigenous women of color to learn about the current state of politics, to support others breaking into the political sphere, and to celebrate incredible women changing the course of the country and its history. My special guest today is Alexis McGill Johnson. She is the acting president and CEO of Planned Parenthood Federation of America and the Planned Parenthood Action Fund. I hope you enjoy the conversation and talk to you soon. Hi, Alexis. How are you doing today? I'm great, Ashanti. How are you? Good. So excited to talk with you, especially during this time of dealing with COVID and learn more about the work that Planned Parenthood is doing. But first, I definitely want our listeners to learn more about you. So everything that you do, it's really rooted in social justice, which I admire so much, and advocacy. What brought you to want to do this work? Like many of us, particularly uh, Black women, women of color, we were kind of raised in the backdrop of social justice movements. I was born in 1972, um, actually just about five months before Roe was decided. So I like to say I'm as old as Roe. But what that meant for me (laughs) is that you know, I also benefited from all of the the fights with respect to you know to uh, making access and control of our bodies um, legal. And you know, and so for the most part, you know, during my kind of formative years, while my parents were really active in any number of causes, um, you know, the for me, um, the the idea that I couldn't control my body, kind of growing up, was never something that I you know, I kind of, I, I probably did take it, take it for granted. And it wasn't until um, 10 years ago, 11 years ago, I was walking down the street in New York City and I saw this billboard with this cute little black girl's face on it. She must've been about five years old. And, you know, I just kind of instinctively, reflexively looked up to see what was she selling. Cause you know, it, it had to be an ad for something. You don't always see us, you know, advertising for things. Mm-hmm. And um, I got closer to it and it said underneath, the most dangerous place for an African-American is in the womb. Just, I could not get my head around that framing and the attack of, you know, um, black women have always been demonized for our reproductive choices. And, you know, uh, our, our healthcare is always kind of on the line. And the idea that um, there was such a targeted focus in such a demonic way, just, it, it, I just could, literally couldn't stop talking about it. And I had spent, you know, virtually my whole career in politics and working at the intersection of race and, and social justice and politics. And I ran into Cecile Richards, the former president of Planned Parenthood, and I said, you know, do you know about this billboard? Do you know what they're doing? Do you know what they're saying? And she was like, yes, I do. And I was like, well, you need to do something about it. And she said, no, actually, you need to do something about it. And she recruited me. <laughs> and so she recruited me to the board. And, um, you know, where I spent almost 10 years really digging deep at the intersection of not just the work um, that Planned Parenthood um, health centers do every day to, pr- to provide care, but also to consider all of the ways in which, you know, women of color in particularly are impacted. And, you know, and I've been here ever since. That is such a great story. And when you mentioned that billboard, that poster that you saw, it reminded me of like seeing those two and just getting that feeling, that instinct of just, wow, 
any chance people have to just kind of demonize women of color, especially black women, like they will take it and even put it on a billboard just to say, this is truly what we think about you. But with Planned Parenthood, I also want to take the time to talk about the fact that there are lots of services that Planned Parenthood does offer for women. So can you tell us a little bit more about your health centers? Yes, of course. Look, I mean, Planned Parenthood for more than 100 years has been providing essential sexual reproductive health care and education and also fighting for that access to care. They're, um, almost one in five women have been to Planned Parenthood in their lifetimes, and they've seen you know, our providers for uh, cancer screenings, birth control, STI screenings, um, testings and treatments, and of course, abortion as well. And so I do think that Planned Parenthood tend people tend to understand Planned Parenthood is only providing you know a service. Some of our Planned Parenthoods provide primary care service. They're on the front line of COVID right now. But you know we are oftentimes the provider of choice and the and the first point of entry into the healthcare system. Um, you know for many communities when we have such a limited access to public health care. So you talked about Cecile Richards. Who are some of the other women who have inspired you along the way while you've been doing this work? You know, I mean, yeah, Cecile has is, is been a dear friend and, um, and a great thought leader around reproductive health care. Kimberly Crenshaw's work around intersectionality. So, you know, I'm an academic by trade. I'm a political scientist by trade. And when her work around intersectionality came out, it really gave a name and a frame to what so many of us have you know experienced right that we don't we don't take off one identity to become a woman and we don't take off our gender identity to like express ourselves as um, as black women, but we can literally sit at the center and understand the multiple experiences and how they show up. And I think, you know, the intersectionality work um, and how that has informed the work of reproductive justice communities, folks um, like Monica Simpson at um, Sister Song, folks like Dazon Diallo, uh, Loretta Ross, who have just been um, really icons for me and understanding from a, a movement-centered side a people-centered side, what it really means to actually deliver, to, to deliver on the, the promise of the care, not just to actually provide the service. And so, you know, those are the, you know, when I think of kind of um, how I've lived most of my um, social justice life and the work that I've chosen to do, I'm constantly thinking about um, how this shows up at the, at the center, uh, intersectionality shows up at the center becomes really important for me. Awesome. So you stepped into the role of acting president of Planned Parenthood. You're definitely leading an organization during this tumultuous time. And we're actually seeing that a lot of people are using the COVID pandemic as an opportunity to, again, just a full out assault on reproductive freedom. What are some of the ways that Planned Parenthood is fighting back against this? I mean, this is crazy, right? I mean, we are in the middle of a global pandemic. People are just trying to survive. I mean, some of us, as I just was preparing for this interview, are home homeschooling children. Many women are, you know, are in the low um, wage jobs that have been deemed essential. And so they're trying to grapple with getting to work and also taking care of their kids. Women are the majority of healthcare workers. And, you know, and you've probably seen the COVID, just the the, the preliminary COVID data around um, some of the disparities, but that Black and Latino communities in particular are facing not just the harshest economic 
uh, consequences, but also the the um, you know disparities in terms of treatment and and death, given the the amount of bias that's built into systems. And so, all of this is 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 happening, and these politicians who are so anti women and women's health have decided to exploit the and the fear and the urgency in this moment to push their political agenda. And you know, I think it's it's completely insane that. Governors in in several states, states like Texas, states like Iowa, Alabama, Oklahoma, have decided to um, issue executive orders suggesting that abortion is not an essential service, um, suggesting that it's not clearly not a time sensitive service. And it's we know abortion is essential. We have been you know, working with all of our partners in states to get that critical information for, you know, to to fight these policies, litigate against them, take them to court. Um, And yet we're also having to support our patients in getting the care that they need. Um, So, you know, some of those ways in which we're doing it, we're, you know, identifying how women may get from Texas to um, one of our affiliates in California said a, a woman from Texas came to uh, to Los Angeles uh, last week for a medication abortion. Like just to highlight the absurdity of the attack that someone is literally getting in a car, women are getting in cars or planes or trains under the guise of, because they've been told that abortion is not essential, that they're actually traveling and, and making themselves more at risk and other people at risk um, with respect to the pandemic because they need this time sensitive procedure. Special thanks to Madison Reed for supporting this episode. Cynthia, the producer of the BGG podcast, and I talk about hair a lot. Cynthia usually dyes her natural locks at her local salon, but now she is ready to find new ways to color her hair and get a natural, stunning look with half of the costs of her salon bill. So I got her on board to color her hair at home using Madison Reed. Cynthia is super particular about what she uses for her hair. She wants no harsh chemicals or animal testing. Unlike many other hair color brands, Madison Reed doesn't have harsh ingredients such as ammonia, PPD, parabens, gluten, SLS, and titanium dioxide. If you want to join Cynthia, you can take the Madison Reed online quiz to find the best color for you. It's incredibly convenient with delivery right to your door, and there is even an option to set up auto delivery as well. Whenever you're ready, you do it on your own schedule in under an hour in the comfort of your own home. Get ammonia-free, multi-dimensional hair color delivered right to your door starting at $22. Visit madison-reed.com and use my promo code BGG and you'll get 10% off plus free shipping on your first color kit. Again, the promo code is BGG at madison-reed.com to find your perfect shade. That's madison-reed.com. What are some of the ways that our listeners could be supportive of the work that Planned Parenthood is doing during this time? Well, you know, one of the things that we've been doing is, um, you know, we really kind of need the the watchdog community out there. And I think for folks who are, you know, at home and kind of absorbing information differently and recognizing the fact that people are exploiting this crisis, um, texting to um, texting enough, E-N-O-U-G-H. 
um, to 22422 has been a way of us to like starting to build a community, a kind of watchdog group to help us really track the, the information because, you know, we're, you know, all these various communities are sheltering in place and keeping up on the various restrictions that are coming out state by state and the impact of that. We really needed to channel people locally um, to understand the best way to fight back. When people think about Planned Parenthood, they always just tend to think, oh, this is about women. But we know that this is an issue that all people should care about, even men. One of the things I really appreciated during the Democratic primary debates is you did have lots of men speaking up on this issue, especially like Senator Cory Booker. He's always been you know, very adamant that men should also care about choice as well and reproductive freedom. So what advice would you have for the men? Because we do have male listeners. We appreciate them too, in addition to all our brown girls and our non-brown girls that don't think that they really have a stake in this and why they should care about reproductive freedom as well. Well, you know, Planned Parenthood uh, certainly also provides services for men too, right? So we we provide, you know, a full range of sexual and reproductive health care. So that might include vasectomy, that might um, include gender affirming care, trans care, um, and so, you know, so, you know, I'm, I'm talking largely about, um, uh, about getting access to abortion, but the reality is, you know, you know, we, we should all be engaged in these conversations. These are, these are, um, you know, while it's critically important to understand that a, a woman does control her own, um, her own body and her, you know, the, the self-determination that comes there is really important. But men, you know, also obviously play a role in sexual and reproductive health. Having them maintain a level of, of health is critically important and they need to be engaged for their, you know, for their their sisters, their daughters, their their friends, their partners, their spouses to make sure that um, when people need access to care that they can receive it. What advice would you have for the people who are listening are women who know that they want to get into the fight for reproductive freedom, either by volunteering or getting into this work. We know that it's hard. There's like a lot of emotional heaviness that comes with it. What advice would you give to them who are thinking about it? And also tell us, how do you like grapple with the fact that you have this big job during this really important time where so many people are counting on the services of Planned Parenthood? I think it's really important to understand that that we find leadership in everyday experiences, right? Um, and and for a lot of us, particularly, you know, around the civil rights movement and the women's rights movement, which were kind of the backdrops of my formative social justice experience, you know, it was the everyday indignities that really uh, woke people up, so to speak, right? That just kind of recognizing the fact that um, you were being profiled walking through, you know, um, a store that you had every right to be in or recognize the fact that the pay disparity was such um, when you were doing the same, if not, you know, twice amount um, of work as, you know, your male or white counterparts. And so, you know, those those indignities actually really inform the the struggle it used to the 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 expression is the personal is the political it does help you understand and make meaning of um, why it's so important to be to be engaged and so um, you know I think there's 
uh, that's something that I've always held really closely. I also think sometimes you just see a fight and you want in on it. So, um, so that's what I say in terms of like getting engaged. It really does start with that, you know, the, that kind of, um, you know, it, it literally hits you in your gut. It hits you in your belly. It hits you in your heart. And you just really need to, you know, find a way to engage and going to, you know, the organization, going to um, Planned Parenthood Action can help you you know, figure out the best way to channel your resources um, uh, and, and your, your kind of time and talent and treasure, um, as we like to say. Um, for me, uh, in terms of just like navigating, look, I think this, this pandemic has, has hit us all in such a profound way. Um, I'm really inspired by the ways in which kind of communities are coming together and, you know, supporting those in most need, getting groceries for folks who can't get out, you know, all of those sorts of stories I think have been really heartening, um, you know, and also recognizing the fact that it's, it's incredibly challenging to, you know, to lead in this moment. I'm literally sitting in my, hiding in my laundry room while my kids are zooming, you know, my, my ironing board is my desk and, and, and trying to like get the information out <laughs> in the way so many other people are, right? I mean, because like the work doesn't stop. In fact, even, you know, for, for us, the attacks are so fast and furious that it's added a whole other layer on top of, um, you know, the, the complete disruption that we're all experiencing. And so, you know, I'm really holding on to um, the fact that we have been able to, you know, continue to um, provide in many ways and that we are, you know, supporting folks getting to where they need to be um, if they can't uh, identify service in state. I'm really proud of our, um, you know, our clinics that are um, that are on the front line that are that are offering tests. Um, they're they're able to offer tests because of their kind of primary care service role um, and all of the ways in which we're just showing up as a critical piece of the public health infrastructure at a time when public health has been so decimated um, over the years. And so, you know, I, I have to take stock in that and, um, you know, have a really big, big, um, you know, bowl of humility every morning and recognizing that um, it, it's, it's incredibly hard to do it under these circumstances. Well, we appreciate you and all the work that the team at Planned Parenthood is doing. I have so many friends that work there, and I've gotten to know some of the um, other amazing women as well. And I do want to close us out by asking you our signature question. What advice do you have for all the brown girls that are listening? They're saying, I want to be just like her. My advice is to, is to do your homework and have a theory of change. I think it's really important. There's part of me that's kind of always has a, a little bit of professor in my kind of backbone that's out, that's um, that just is, it's really important to understand kind of history. It's really important to understand kind of current work and to constantly be training your brain around um, new engaged ways of innovative ways of, of, um, of doing work. And I think that's one of the things that I see even even right now in the middle of COVID. Um, it's it's such an accelerator for for a healthcare provider like Planned Parenthood to move um, so immediately into telehealth, right? A, a, a kind of burgeoning um, field that we've been, you know, we we've literally moved ten years in ten days. 
um, in doing this work, um, but it's because people came into it with a theory of change and what needed to be done early. And so I think particularly for our brown girls, um, you know, all, all young, young women who, you know, want to lead, really understanding what your contribution is going to be and knowing that your contribution is different than your ambition. And while both are incredibly important, you have to have something that helps you translate that. And I think that theory of change is it. If you have a moment, please take the time to rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. Stay up to date with us on the BGG website, www.thebgguide.com, and on our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at The BG Guide. The BGG Podcast is produced by Wonder Media Network. You can find them on Instagram at WMN.media and on Twitter at WMN Media. Until next time, brown girls.